0: We often view stress as a byproduct of success, but actually what we need to view is like, you know, holistic health and well-being as a necessary factor for, um, for being successful.
1: Ever imagine you could be mentored and guided by some of the most influential leaders in business? That's where 40 Minute Mentor comes in. I'm passionate about making business mentorship accessible to everyone. So whether you're just beginning your career, or you're looking for advice in taking the leap and starting a new venture, or perhaps you're scaling a rocket ship, this show is designed to cover everything from the ground up in the next 40 minutes.
2: Stress and burnout are often seen as unavoidable byproducts of success, which has only been intensified by the pandemic. Having battled with burnout myself, I absolutely love talking to today's 40-minute mentor, Reva Misra, the founder and CEO of Walking on Earth, a science-based platform on a mission to alleviate workplace stress. It's a fantastic business that's backed by some amazing investors, including Octopus Ventures, Ariana Huffington, and Brent Hoberman. In today's episode, Reva and I discuss the incredible journey Walking on Earth has been on how she pivoted the business amid a pandemic, and what every business leader can do to put their team's mindfulness and wellbeing at the core of their business. I absolutely love talking to Reva and finding out more about Walking on Earth's holistic approach to health and wellbeing. Reva has so many great insights for any fellow founders and leaders on how we can all take better care of ourselves and the teams around us, including the importance of connecting with nature. So weather permitting, Grab your headphones and head out on a walk while listening to the next 40 minutes with a wonderful Reva Misra.
1: Reva, thank you for joining us on the 40 Minute Mentor today. It's awesome to have you here. How are you?
0: Thank you, James, firstly for having me. and It's a pleasure to be here. I'm doing very well, thanks. How are you?
1: Yeah, all good. All the better for seeing you. And I know our listeners are going to be very excited about this conversation. But so we can get to know you a little bit better, we're going to start with a little quick fire round of questions. So all you need to do is finish these sentences. Are you ready?
0: Yeah, let's go.
1: Let's do it. (laughs) When I was younger, I always wanted to be...
0: I always wanted to be a vet because I loved animals, and yeah, still do.
1: Love it. As somebody that was head-butted by a goat in my early years, I was a little bit scared of animals, but uh, (laughs) I know know a lot of other people that have similar aspirations. I've got over my phobia now. My first job was?
0: Yeah, this is a bit of a funny one. My first job was actually, well, nearly opening a frozen, like self-serve frozen yogurt shop. I went to America when I was a kid and saw that you could like make your own frozen yogurt rather than like having one created for you. And I love just being able to put like tons of toppings and like tons of sauces on my frozen yogurt and was just obsessed with the concept and it didn't exist in the UK. And so really went to all lengths to create like my own self serve frozen yogurt store. Like found a place in Portobello Road that Was up for rent, found a franchise like from a frozen yogurt store in the US, found a general manager to run the store. Yeah, had everything really like charted out. And then it got to the point where I had to actually put some money behind the whole concept and plan. And I think that's the point when. You know, I was trying to get a loan from my parents and I think they were a bit like, I think I think school is, is a bit more important at this stage than going to university. So my plans were flawed, but I guess that was my first potential job and
1: entrepreneurial uh, career. Well, and how old were you then? I
0: mean, I was a teenager, so maybe about, yeah. 16 at that stage that's incredible
1: oh so uh clearly those entrepreneurial roots were there from an early age so that's 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 really interesting thank you next question when starting my career I wish I'd have known
0: I think I really wish I'd known to trust my intuition more so you know people call these things different things your gut instinct your sixth sense your intuition but it's you know what I really think is Is that it's your subconscious telling you what to do. And that's not something that's just like a random bodily feeling. It's based on like years and years of experience. And I think, you know, we're so used to listening to our conscious mind and actually not taking that pause, taking that step back and thinking, you know, what is like my, yeah, what is my subconscious telling me? And I think that's something that I, because I've started my career more like career trajectory early, I'm still quite a young entrepreneur it's quite easy to have it's a bit of like an imposter syndrome or have people who have like 20 30 years of experience kind of telling you what to do particularly in my previous role and I think something that I wish I'd known was to just trust that strong sense of intuition because you know I feel like if you do you can never really fail yourself and you know you'll always still be staying true to your beliefs and that's ultimately what matters most.
1: That's a great answer and uh, as somebody that started a business at 25, I've had that imposter syndrome a lot and and probably taken too much advice at times in in earlier parts of my career and now kind of nine years in, I'm much better. I think at just backing myself and and, and trusting my intuition. So I think a lot of people listening will, will be in agreement with that. That's a really good one. Next question. I'm most energized at work when I...
0: I think really in a state of flow. And that state of flow can be, it's when you're totally absorbed in a task and your attention, your presence, your focus is just all on that task at hand. And that could be when you're working on something, a big project on your own, but usually it's when you're surrounded by a team that are all also in that state of flow with you. And when you're all working together, trying to solve something in an unusual way, and usually there's a bit of a You know, some stakes involved, you're trying to create, like, put some creativity into thinking of something in a different way. And then just the reward at the end when you all can, you know, see the positive effects and impact of being in that state of flow together is, is, you know, what I find most energizing and exhilarating.
1: Great. Thank you. And finally, can you share something that we wouldn't learn from your CV, whether that's a perceived failure or a setback in your career that you've learned from?
0: Well, I think if you look at my CV now, it probably seems like, my whole education and career journey made a lot of sense. But actually, at the time, you know, I I never saw one thing as a stepping stone to the next. It was just done in a way that was always following my passion. And now it's somehow pieced together in a way that I would have never imagined. But, you know, I started studying experimental psychology and then got fascinated by the power of technology to school, like cause large-scale change. So I went into international relations and development then started working for a health tech fund and then I work for you know more of a holistic health tech company so it just I remember at the time just thinking how is anything that I'm doing going to actually add up and you know make sense in terms of progressing my career but what I've now realized I think in hindsight is actually just doing what you're passionate about is the key to success. And thinking, you know, I think when you know, you're, you're, you're at university, you're always told you have to go for this big job in consulting or finance to build the years of experience and build your CV. But I think this whole notion of like building your CV is a bit of a fallacy. And actually, like you can never predict where you'll be in five years or 10 years. Like we don't even know where the world will be in that time. But I think if you follow what you're passionate about, then you're... Really, always likely to succeed and it will always benefit you in some way or the other.
1: Great. Thank you. That's a very inspiring place to start, to be honest with you. And I'm really excited about exploring your story a bit more. And I think it was kind of almost two years ago that you founded Walking on Earth, which is an awesome startup business that JBM have had the pleasure of working with this year. So I'd love to learn a bit more about your story and your journey with Walking on Earth and what the future holds. Um, So to start off, could you tell our listeners a bit about what the business does and where the idea came from?
0: Yeah, so Walking on Earth is essentially the first science-based platform to end the stress epidemic. And the approach that we take is that we combine ancient wisdom with modern-day science. So we bring together essentially the world-leading experts in this field and bring their knowledge, expertise, and skills to guide users on their journey to optimal health and happiness. And we really believe that it's this combination of, you know, of the knowledge and the access. But actually, what's really important is translating this knowledge into habits. So that's where we use technology and behavioral science to really translate these learnings into behavioral change. And ultimately, we believe that, you know, by addressing the root cause of stress and all the associated conditions that rise from stress, our ultimate mission and goal is to elevate happiness. Yeah, so I, you know, I started off my career more in the research world. So studying experimental psychology, I was really fascinated by the connection between our brain, body, and environment around us. Yeah, worked in research, published a few papers, but I think for me, I realized that it just wasn't like tangible output focused enough. I think there was, you know, the impact factor was slightly lacking. And that's when I started to get really interested in the power of technology to cause that large scale impact and social change that you know, I just wasn't seeing so much in the research world. So that's when I started working for various startup scale ups, more focused on social impact. So worked in various fields from child trafficking, you know, bonded labor and so on. And my last role was working at Benevolent AI, which is, you know, an AI company focused on drug discovery and development. And while I was there, I mean it was yeah you know, I love the role, but I think while I was there I realized that actually when you look at the majority of diseases, over 70% now chronic. So they don't have a treatment with medicine. And the only way that you can really address them is by changing your lifestyle habits. So through prevention, you know, doing things like just having a healthier life, sleeping well, eating healthy, exercising. And time and time again, when I looked at the root cause, it just came down to stress and how like we're just, you know, as a society constantly in the state of, you know, chronic acute stress. And On the flip side, I've like, you know, I've grown up with Indian parents, grown up with like holistic health practices. And I've always, you know, I've always been kind of, I guess, counterbalanced between these two worlds of being in like very type A, highly stressed career environments, but then also, you know, being, I guess, balanced by the power of these holistic ancient practices. And at work, I became known almost like this, you know, the like, go-to person for holistic health. So people would come up to me and say, oh, Reba, I have such terrible back pain. Like, do you know a good acupuncturist I can see? Or I can't sleep. Do you know a good meditation coach? And that's when I realized like, A, the science is now coming out to back up these old practices. So it's becoming way more kind of mainstream, but also, you know, people just don't know where to go. They might know that, you know, looking after your lifestyle has an impact on your health, but they don't know where to go or what to do to actually seek that help and guidance. So that's when I thought, you know, actually, what if I could combine my passions in the science, in the technology and holistic health into a platform to guide people to live their happiest and healthiest selves.
1: Wonderful. What a great mission. And I guess as somebody that like a lot of founders listen to this and people in stressful jobs, you know, you you, you do find yourself – working too long hours, not looking after yourself and, and definitely with high stress levels. So I love what you're trying to do. And we've had Mo out on the podcast, who is the ultimate happiness sort of champion. And I know he'd thoroughly approve of this and it's something that's overlooked at times So just life is that you, you want to be happy in life. And it's great to see amazing startups like yours sort of really pushing that agenda forward and, and trying to help readdress the balance starting a business is never easy let's be honest and you have had to navigate a global pandemic you know right at the beginning of your of your journey so what are some of the challenges that you've had to overcome and and how have you adapted as a team and as a founder to what you faced
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that was definitely something that was unforeseen two months into starting a company and, you know, the whole world essentially coming to a standstill. (laughs) So that was actually, that should have been a good answer to, you know, what's happened in your career that was unexpected. (laughs) But yeah, I think, you know, things that happen, I think first of all, fundraising was the first thing that we went out to do. It started fundraising in March and that was really when the whole world went into lockdown. And I remember investors saying to me, you know, we can like, Barely keep our own portfolio afloat. The last thing we're going to do is start investing uh, in another company, particularly a company that's like so early stage, so probably the most riskiest profile. So that was definitely tough. But I think you know the world quickly changed. So in a couple of months, people were back investing and fundraising again. So it was you know it was fine. Just just took a couple more months than expected. You know I think the most important lesson was really the ability to. Just adapt and pivot quickly, so you know when when the pandemic hit, we realized that actually a lot of practitioners were suddenly out of their jobs. people were used to you know working in studios, they all work essentially as contractors, so didn't have any kind of employment benefits or safety or security and then on the flip side, all individuals are suddenly kept in their homes, often in like small spaces uh, with not you know no ability to really get movement or you know have much mental space so that's when we thought, what if we can really quickly just develop something to test out our idea? So we came up with a website, we brought on board 20 practitioners and started offering online sessions. And, you know, at that point, now it seems totally mainstream, but at that point, no one was really offering anything online and practitioners thought it was impossible to teach over Zoom, something that, you know, we, we've we all very quickly adapted to now.
1: No, that's great to hear. Or well, good for you for adapting so fast and pivoting. I think that's that's often the first early test for an entrepreneur isn't it when you your back's against the wall and how is it is fight or flight and it clearly it's business has thrived since then so that's awesome given your your role you know you had a senior role as VP of strategy at Benevolent AI before going it alone you've mentioned that data can play a part in in preventative health can you tell us a bit about how you can bring data and science to holistic health
0: yeah I think you know I think it's pretty indispensable honestly to have both components ultimately what we're trying to do with walking on earth is become your your ai health coach so you know really take a data driven approach to holistic health at the moment when people carry out these practices like yoga meditation healthy eating and what else all, all other practices tai chi and so on you do them and then you just rely on feeling better in terms of your perceived emotions But what we want to really try and do is try and quantify the impact of those activities on your mental and physical health. So actually start to measure physiological improvements in your body and see how that lowers your stress levels. And then in future, being able to see how that actually leads to um, a lower likelihood of developing chronic disease and i think now that we have you know technology and science has both advanced rapidly so we are planning to integrate things like biometric data so wearable devices that look at um heart rate variability you know sleep levels in future we can look at cortisol levels various different measurements of stress and of overall well-being um and start that to feed that into our app so that when we're suggesting sessions for individuals to carry out we're actually looking at how those sessions, you know, intervention programs you can call them, are then having an impact on your own physical and mental health. So really taking a, a strong data and scientific approach to holistic health. And in my view, there's no reason why holistic health should be any less scientific than traditional medicine and those approaches, it just, just hasn't been done yet.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's great. And and for those that may not we've talked a bit about holistic health and the context linked to walking on earth but how how does it differ from other practices that are out there and and i guess what's the what what is your usp in that respect
0: yeah i think holistic health is an interesting term because it's you know it's, it's still not i guess totally mainstream or understood in the same way that wellness has kind of you know suddenly spread over the last year and a half but to me i mean or to walking on earth holistic health means two things the first is The belief that health relies on an interaction between your body, mind, and environment. And the second is that it believes that health should take a preventative rather than treatment based approach. So, I guess on the first point, in terms of the interaction, it's really believing that you can't view health as, you know, in isolation of those three factors. I mean, it might be useful to take an example. So, if we look at stress, for instance, you know, stress, I would define stress as. When the factors in your environment and you know your environmental influences outweigh your ability to cope uh, with the demands of them, and what happens is you know you feel you have a mental feeling of being overwhelmed or you know highly stressed, unable to cope. But then you also have this physiological response too. So your body goes into a fight or flight mode. You know you're essentially it's an evolutionary response preparing you for danger. So your body is basically like trying to do everything to prepare for this threat or upcoming danger. Um, So all normal bodily functions like, you know, cell regeneration, repair is all stopped. And you're just in this acute, like, you know, state of what you're in, you know, your sympathetic nervous system is essentially in overdrive. So it is like a combination of, you know, environment, mind and body. And I think this connection between the three is what I'd term as holistic but isn't, you know, isn't usually considered in a more traditional, you know, medicine or traditional healthcare approach. And the second is the focus on prevention. So really believing that your daily lifestyle and what you do day to day in your routine has a fundamental impact on your health. It's not just about treating a symptom when you're already, you know, when you're already experiencing the symptom or the disease, that's almost like, too late in the journey. You want to start right from the beginning so that you're preventing symptoms from occurring in the first place.
1: God, that's that's so helpful. And I guess it's it's linked to my next question. We know that workplace stress and burnout is is very much on the rise. And I'm sure there are listeners, fellow founders, uh, we've alluded to it, who We'll be listening to this and really keen to understand what lasting changes they can make. And clearly, the preventative nature, a sort of, I guess, proactive nature is really important. I think Walking on Earth and your leadership style, there are great examples of how you can build a high growth business that's well funded, but without falling into that hustle trap that um, I guess has been prevalent and at times celebrated in the startup world. Can you tell us a bit about your own approach to scaling your business while still prioritizing your well-being and sort of genuine care
0: yeah absolutely i mean this is a topic that is you know really close to my heart as i mentioned earlier you know what i found is that actually working in a very type a high growth high scaling culture competitive culture actually having my holistic health background enabled me to thrive in those environments and i think you know we often view stress as a byproduct of success, but actually, what we need to view is like, you know, holistic health and well-being as a necessary factor for um, for being successful. And that's really something that, you know, I'm trying to change in terms of reversing that thinking and showing how it's possible by having Walking on Earth as as an example. So, showing it's possible to create a high growth tech company. That's high performing, um, you know, scaling fast. Really, like you know, really creating that kind of high growth environment, but doing so by placing our own well being at the core, by leading with compassion, kindness, vulnerability, and creating a team that, all you know, a big dreamers, big thinkers, doers, but also really, really care about their own health and their well being, and care about like thriving worlds doing so, and it you know, was still at the beginning of our journey but uh ways that we're doing this at the moment are um well last week we had our first company retreat which was really special um we spent a few days in the cotswolds it's obviously amazing weather last week so we were lucky.
1: <laughs> you got three three of the only days that have been sunny in in the whole <laughs> <laughs> past six months so exactly. good, good
2: for you
0: <laughs> yeah spent more time in the pool than probably anywhere else <laughs> But we wanted it to be an event that, you know, people felt more energized by the time they left. Usually when you go to company offsites, sites you leave feeling totally exhausted, you have full-day meetings. But here we made it so that it was a third, split into a third. So a third on holistic health activities, a third on just free time, and then a third on high-level strategy sessions. And I think, you know, we started off by everyone setting their intentions, everyone on the team, we have different like array of diverse set of practitioners as well so people ran their own sessions and it was just a really really nice space where everyone just learned from each other and set the example so that was something that we're absolutely going to do every year and can't wait to just build upon for next year we have various other things as well like you know weekly wellness sessions um a well-being theme each month we have you know our friday team meetings the good news fridays and we all end with Saying something that we're proud of, you know, personal or career-related that we've done that week, and just ultimately, I think it's you know it's the way you treat each other with you know leading with, so I mentioned, kindness, compassion, and um, and care.
1: Yeah, such wonderful qualities, and I think I think what I've seen from recruiting in in the tech startup and scale up world for a while now is that the the companies and the leaders that lead with those characteristics and create an environment where you can bring your whole self to work and that that your well-being is being considered and prioritized I think those are the ones that will win and that will attract the best talent because it's increasingly becoming a, a, as much about that as it is status and job title and salary and I think that's a really good thing for the ecosystem and it's something that us as a business as well we're Consistently looking at you know what more we can do. So we brought in wellness days uh, each quarter for the team just to take and not do anything and have a little budget to just go put towards something for their well-being. But I think it's it's something that needs to be thought about almost on a daily basis. So it's great to hear the sorts of things you guys are doing. Um, So thanks for sharing. I think it would be remiss of me not to talk about working from home. Uh, The pandemic is obviously you know stress levels have gone out up massively there's been burnout and you know uh, loneliness and all sorts of other things and preventative health has definitely been put into the spotlight I think remote working has often felt like living at work rather than working from home and that's definitely been the case for me albeit I've loved seeing my wife and daughter more and I've loved being at home, but I think I've definitely worked more. So I'd be interested in learning about your own choices and decisions and, and how you've been able to prioritise your mental health, you know, over the years and, and and particularly in this this difficult period.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, I think the pandemic has just been yeah, really, really unprecedented moment for all of us. And I think it's the first time we were all forced to essentially hit pause, you know, it was at that point unthinkable to even spend three weeks, what we thought was just three weeks at home, which ended up being like over a year now. But I think it will it allowed us all to go inwards and really think about our priorities. And I think right at the beginning of the pandemic, many of us just started to think about what truly matters and what was important. And then I think over time, as the months went by, it actually then led to, you know, people just working more and, you know, taking up commute time and all the extra time with just more work. But I do think that initial time of just, you know, really thinking when we were forced ultimately to be at home and our whole life, like whole business norms were upended. I think that time was really valuable. And in that time, I just, you know, I really just rethought all my priorities in terms of, what I wanted to be spending my time doing, who I wanted to be surrounded by, how I wanted to work, you know, what values I wanted to emulate. And I think doing that initial grounding and that initial reflection was really key. And I think, you know, the power of of reflection is something that is massively undervalued. And um, I have this set of questions that I can send you that I always reflect on in terms of, you know, a series of questions like, um, when are you happiest when are you most inspired what are the kind of environments that allow you to thrive and I revisit those every few months and just do a bit of a mental check-in um, you know think is this how I want to be living my life what could I be doing better um to improve it and I think just you know doing that almost that that reset every few months just allows me to really reshift my priorities and make sure that you know that, that I'm not just getting caught up in in the cycle of yeah working from home all day.
1: Yeah, that's I think that's so important. And what advice would you have for any business leaders listening to this that are looking to support their teams more? And maybe are there some lasting changes or more effective support that they could give? Have you got any thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, I really think like you know now is the time for business leaders to step up and to act boldly and put in some of the changes that have just been needed for a while. I think this is the first time where we've seen all Business norms and culture like totally upended. We never, you know, we never thought it would be possible to do meetings over Zoom, not travel every month, um, not be in the office. And so I think it's really easy now as the world is slowly opening up, as people are going back in the office, it's really easy to just slip back into old routines and old habits. But I think, you know, it's really up to business leaders to set the example and to think about how they can do things differently to truly create working environments that allow people to thrive. And that is, I mean, it's slightly different for every company, but broadly, I think one thing that's really important is for business leaders to just check in with their teams and to bring in that human element that I think again, has been thrown into the spotlight with COVID. So just asking team members how they're feeling, you know, how their family is, a bit of their personal life. I think, you know, those boundaries have been kind of broken down with the pandemic now that we've all been working from home and you, know, you can see your kids or like your bedroom or whatever in the background. And I think keeping that close personal connection is, is so important as we start going back to the office or, you know, whatever environment we create. And also the importance of creativity. So, yeah, as I mentioned, like thinking differently, thinking outside the box, and and actually taking those lessons from the pandemic and putting them into action long term.
1: Thanks, Reva. Yeah, some some really fantastic advice there. And I think uh, it's something that, as a founder of a, a small business myself, I think it's something you consistently need to be thinking about. And I think the word you use, bold, is is I think the right way to go because you know there's a lot we've learned in the past 18 months about things don't have to be the way they've always been and actually there's nothing wrong with asking how your team are like truly are and how their families are and actually getting to know each other on a deeper level because you know I think if you want to keep top talent and retain them you need to you need to really understand them and also be vulnerable yourself and I think that's something that's been really powerful for our team is just getting to know each other more and have more candid conversations and i think that vulnerability needs to start from the top yeah
0: i love the word um vulnerability as well i think
1: that's it's a scary good. word for some people and it was for me too to be honest with you but it's one that's coming up more and more and i think it's it's hard if you're typically british or just kind of quite stoic and don't like to show your emotions but i've actually seen the the massive benefits of opening up and i would definitely encourage others to be the same I, I guess I've, I wanted to talk about. Uh, I, I feel like I don't want to bang on about the pandemic, but it, it is kind of. Hopefully, we're over the worst of it now, and we are moving forward. But it's definitely taught us some important lessons. Are there any particular things that you know you're going to take into the the post lockdown world, and that's going to come into hand, yeah, you know, come in handy as you scale walking on earth?
0: Yeah, I think you know for us, we're definitely going towards a hybrid way of working, and I think it's really. You know, it allowed me to realize that people need different working environments to thrive. And so, really allowing for that. So, we're going back to, I think, being a small company, actually, face to face time is. You know, what a lot of people have missed and a lot of people on the team have actually asked if we can come back into the office and do some more face to face time. So we are slowly coming back to, you know, two days a week in the office and the rest out. But really making those two days a week focused on team collaboration, team meetings, making sure that we are like, you know, making the most of every single moment that we are together. And then when we're not, you know, focusing more on deep work in the times when you're alone. And then also allowing you know four months of the year around four months of the year to be spent remote so if you do want to work anywhere else you can i mean for me i'm like a really keen uh, passionate surfer and love being by nature so you know i i would just love the opportunity to spend a month living by the sea being able to surf every morning before work so you know, allowing that opportunity for different people as well so keeping in the flexibility while still having face-to-face time
1: that sounds wonderful and i i think that's uh that's a great philosophy and I think uh, we have a similar sort of mantra. We're, 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 we've got a hybrid model and some of our team will be working internationally. I'm a little bit jealous. I'm slightly hamstrung by uh, school term dates, but um, definitely my intention is next summer as well to 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 do the same and take four or five weeks off somewhere and uh, work remotely. Before we wrap Ooh, up... And I, maybe I, I, we can meet by the sea. Yeah, well, <laughs> I've surfed once. I, I can't say I was very good, but um, yeah, we'll happily give it a go again. <laughs> You've managed to secure some amazing angel investors uh, and VCs and advisors from, you know, incredible brands, the likes of Graze and LastMinute.com and Made.com and Kazoo. Uh, The list really does go on and uh, they're very high profile people. So uh, just before we wrap up, I really want to understand how you managed to get their support because it's a massive uh, validation of the work you're doing.
0: So I think it was, you know, one is just, you know, there's the obvious factors like having a product, mobile and web apps in the market a year into you know, founding the company, having a strong set of corporate clients on board. So having actual revenue in the company a year in, you know, having strong feedback and engagement results from those initial set of corporate clients. So we have like, you know, our engagement levels are pretty much unheard of. So over 50% of the company engaged, um, NPS is 70, you know, strong feedback scores hundred percent conversion. So that all is all important, and that's the stuff that you know everyone says in the way having a strong team with um, domain expertise. But I think something that is you know less spoken about is uh, for me actually the number one factor in deciding who to bring on board and you know who to form in terms of our investor and advisor base. It was actually driven by people who have the genuine want and genuine passion to deliver on or help us deliver on our mission, um, which is elevating happiness. And what I found actually in speaking to a lot of these individuals who are really successful is that they all share that genuine passion, and they all often have their own personal story in holistic health or in you know in, in the field. And that to me was way more important than see their extensive experience because. I think, you know, ultimately, if the business succeeds and, you know, having investors who are going to be closely involved, they just have to be aligned with the mission and with the values. And so, yeah, finding people who were aligned um, and who resonated was um, was ultimately the number one factor.
1: Fantastic. Oh, well, congratulations on getting fantastic advisors and uh, investors on board and uh, I'm sure they'll play an important role in the the years to come and 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 I guess that's that, that's where we we almost wrap up here is is I'd love to know what the future plans are for walking on on Earth
0: yeah for us now you know it's really about I guess you know I mentioned we want to build the best team that like walks this Earth so hiring and just trying to find really superstar candidates who you know who share as I mentioned the values of authenticity um well being uh, also you know being highly driven. So building our team, building our client base, so starting to scale and the number of partnerships we have. And then the third part is really building out the data driven and the science section of our platform. So starting to really measure the effectiveness of our programs on physical and mental indicators of health and starting to really work on you know publishing and, and building a scientific body of evidence um,
1: to our approach. Well, we wish you all the very best with that. And and as you know already, JBM is here very much to support and, and looking forward to being on that journey with you in, in some way, shape or form. We're sadly at the end, Reva, um, and I've really enjoyed our conversation. Um, the way we always wrap up is with three quick questions. So first one is, do you have a mentor? And if there was one person you could be mentored by, who would that be?
0: Yeah, I do. I mean, I can just mention one mentor. I think, you know, mentors have been like absolutely invaluable in my journey and uh, have just, you know, could not recommend or highlight the importance of having a strong set of mentors more. I think a few that I would name are, well, Arianna Huffington has just been a close and amazing mentor to me. And she was one who actually encouraged me uh, to start my own business. And yeah, I think just always been inspired by uh, her way of you know her, her way of leading and you know leading by example. Joanna Shields, who was the CEO, who is the CEO of Benevolent AI, um, and just always really supported me. And she was the one who, you know, when I told her I was leaving to start my company, just really told me about the importance of just being guided by intuition. So uh, yeah, still very close. And then Annabelle, who's the chief commercial officer at Made, who's again, you know, been coaching me and just being a really close mentor and Brent as well Brent Homan, who's just always trusted me and you know been a huge huge support along the way so yeah those are a few names but there are many many more as well who've been uh, invaluable along the journey and then you had a question of if I had to choose one mentor who else would it be I think it would have to be I mean it's not a very plausible one but it would have to be Thich Nhat Hanh, who is the inspiration behind the name "Walking on Earth. and he's um, a 94 year old Zen Buddhist monk, um, peace activist, you know, writer. And so he says that you know we often view walking on water or walking on air as a miracle, but to him, the true miracle is walking on earth, and how every day we're engaged in this miracle that you know we don't even realize, like you know the the grass, the green grass around us, the blue sky, the clouds, and I think that really inspired the name. So I believe that you know, ultimately, if we can be more conscious and aware of um, of our own actions and of the impact of our actions on the world around us, we'll we'll go towards being a happier place. So, the ability to actually be mentored by him would be incredible.
1: That's a great answer. And I, I, and I think sometimes we all need to just take a step outside and just appreciate how lucky we are, really. And, and I think life gets in the way of sometimes just, just kind of being present and enjoying this incredible world that we live in. Thank you, Reva. That's awesome. And, and, and I, I know you're very much at the start of this journey, but how do you want to be remembered at the end of your career? What's going to be most important to you?
0: That's a, that's a really good question. I guess, you know, ultimately I'd love to be remembered for shifting human consciousness, a small, small aim. But, um, you think,
2: know, I really go big. think that... Yeah, go big. Uh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. I really think, you know, that the answer to a lot of society's problems and it, to creating a better world free from suffering, disease, you know, stress, all comes from within and i think you know, in general we just become so disconnected from society that if we can develop you know a greater consciousness of ourselves of you know the impact of every action we take i think that greater or heightened awareness human awareness will just you know go such a long way to creating a better world
1: definitely thank you Reba. and final question before you finish up For any listeners that are thinking about starting their own business, what final piece of advice would you leave them with?
0: I think, yeah, my just, you know, guiding kind of principle and advice is to just always lead with authenticity. I think that, you know, if you act with authenticity and integrity, um, find, you know, what you truly believe in and live by that, you know, single-mindedly almost you know you'll never really fail you know yourself and you'll always succeed I think even if you don't succeed in the traditional sense you will always succeed in in yourself and I think yeah I think you know that often comes with challenging the status quo challenging society traditional norms that is just to me the most important factor to
1: live by fantastic Reva thank you so much for being our 40 minute mentor today it's been such a pleasure to have you on the podcast and yeah wish you all the very best for the months and years ahead i think what you're doing is is incredible and really needed at this time so uh yeah i'm sure all of our listeners will agree with that and be checking you out and um yeah really hope we can catch up again soon
0: yeah thank you james i really enjoyed it so it's lovely speaking to you and love what you're doing as well
1: thank you so much appreciate it take care all the best I really hope that you enjoyed that episode of the 40 Minute Mentor. And if you did, please leave us a review and tell your friends so we can continue to bring you awesome interviews from inspiring entrepreneurs and business leaders. Please also feel free to reach out at info at jbmc.co.uk. Thanks again for all your support.